Enjoy this flyover clip. I'd like to ask you this question for those of you that may be wondering from the first episode or uh, if you're jumping into this for the first time. If, if, if you think something or you have an idea something might be a certain way, what holds the highest authority, the way that you think it is or the actual Bible? Yeah. For you personally, you know, I for mean, me personally, it, yeah, I mean, because be like, hey, people write about these things. They did a They did a movie version of Noah. You know, I don't know if the yeah. Bible was the highest level of authority. It was it was neat or Russell Crowe and so forth. But uh, how does that fall for you? What where does the Bible rank as far as authority yeah. in this narrative? It always has been. I, I come from a sort of a boring, typical evangelical background. So um, the Bible and I retain, you know, I've changed and I've also changed my theo- my theological beliefs over time, but I still retain the basic uh, sort of heart and soul of evangelicalism, which is that the Bible is, sola scripture in terms of the Bible is the highest authority and that as that highest authority, it's the it's got the final say in things. Now, however, there's also the caveat that I've, I've since learned and come to realize that what, what Christians often, and including myself, I've, I've failed in this way. What we, what we mistakenly think is my interpretation of God's word is God's word. Now, none of us would say that. Oh, no, it's just God's word. But the truth is we cannot. In, we cannot yeah, read true. and understand God's word without interpreting it. And that's why we have denominations. And that's why we have, even within orthodoxy, there's plenty of disagreements, right? That's because we all have interpretations. And so we have to, the, the, I think one of the essential elements of my personal growth uh, to know God better has been that humility, what I call the uh, uh, hermeneutic of humility. What that means <laughs> is it's a humility when approaching the text such that, because I get this, I, I hear this a lot from Christians, you know, well, I just go with what the, what the plain text says. I just believe what the Bible is. I believe yeah. the Bible literally. You don't. All these things are coming from literally a misreading of the Bible because we don't understand that when we're reading the English text, it's been translated from original Greek and Hebrew, and it's written originally to the ancient, uh, to an ancient people in an ancient culture. And what it means to them is, in, in the plain text of Hebrew and Greek is not what it means to us. We have to realize that our cultural removal of thousands of years from this blinds us to understanding it. Therefore, we need the help of teachers. We yeah. need the help of study to, to, to understand it well. That doesn't mean you... Of course, you can still read the Bible and f- come to know Jesus. But in terms of knowing him accurately, like, right? Like, remember when Priscilla and Aquila, uh, you know, found Apollos and he was on the right track, but they, dis- the Bible says they described to him the truth of God more accurately. Uh, so it's, it is possible as Christians, once you recognize that, man, I could be wrong, but that doesn't mean God's word is wrong. What it means is everything we believe is filtered through an interpretive grid, and we have to be honest yeah. enough to look at that grid and, and analyze it and question it as well. And this is all, I'm glad you brought this up because this is honestly one of the most important issues that does need to be dealt with before you talk about theological things because everybody has all these preconceived notions and they just react negatively and i've done it myself in the past i admit it you know like that's heresy or whatever you know when you hear something that's you know different or new or whatever um and look there is heresy but but uh the automatic reaction that often comes from our assumption that our theological interpretation is god's word no it's not and so that, that was what brought me to start to re-examine my own understandings of the Bible such that 
uh, to seek to understand it in its original ancient context. And when I started doing that was when a, a lot of a lot of these, a lot of what we've talked about was opened up to me because I started to discover that a lot of these strange things that we read in the Bible and a lot of the symbols, not a lot, <laughs> all the symbols, they are rooted in cultural interpretation that is not always the same as us. And so um, mm -hmm. as we seek to go back into the Bible and understand that, this is where the other, um, in a way, sola scriptura meaning uh, the Bible is my ultimate authority. Um, I came from a background where that tended to create in my mindset, even though I didn't think of it this way, I started realizing it was this way. And that was only the Bible is true about God or, you know, it's sort of like about the universe or whatever, right? And, and so what that means is, is you hear, you know, anything from any other you know, ancient second temple literature or anything outside the Bible written by Christians or, or whatever, it's either questionable or not true. Right. And I have no problem acknowledging that if the Bible is the ultimate authority, I do not question it, but I do question my interpretation. I may be wrong. Right. And then secondly, even though that's the case, and even though I do agree that other writings are not scripture, that doesn't mean you can't get truth from them. But right. here's the question, but what truth, how do we understand that truth is consistent with the scripture? Well, obviously there's the comparison, but what happened was when I started facing some of these strange anomalies in scripture that are there, um, such as in the book of Jude, it, you know, it starts here, but it, it grows. The book of Jude quotes from a second temple Jewish um, ancient book called the book of Enoch. And Jude actually quotes from it. Not only does he quote from it, but he also, the, the whole letter draws various pieces and components from the book of Enoch, mm -hmm. such as the sin of the angels. That's, there's, no, there's no description of the sin of the angels in, in, in the Old Testament, but, but well, there is, but it's, it's subtle. It's not in there inherently. It's Genesis 6, right? But it doesn't say they sinned, right? Um, but uh, there's a lot of ancient second temple literature that does point out that 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 genesis 6 is that sin of the angels but jude himself it, so he's quoting from enoch he's drawing concepts and structure from the book of enoch and his is not the only book not only does his second peter also well, and uh, he, he also does jude. it he does it in a way that with the with the assumption that you know what he's talking about if I like, yeah. if I were, if I were to reference something like, you know, boy, that's, you know, you know, I don't know if I reference a sports team or reference a cultural yeah. reference, I don't sure. need to explain the whole context because you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. We do it. Anything that becomes popular, we just sort of make our, oh yeah, you know, yeah, you're right. I can't think of an example, but, but you know, like, <laughs> and he, yeah, and like he, right now he does that. Like right now, you know, the, the, the movie Oppenheimer, I just saw the movie Oppenheimer is, you know, yeah. getting hot attention and stuff like that. And someone may, may just say, well, you know, that's like. That's pretty atomic, you know, just little, little references that, yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what's going on. But here's the key. Here's the, my, my, I had always questioned, not only questioned, but I always just assumed, yeah, Book of Enoch, all that stuff, pseudepigrapha, apocrypha, it's all false. And it's, it's evil because it's trying to say it's scripture, but it's not, you know, or it's trying to have the authority of scripture, let's put it that way, but it's not. And so therefore that makes it evil, not just wrong. But when I, when I said, okay, but if the Bible says something, then I trust it. And the Bible quotes from Enoch, 
What does that tell you? If you are consistent, you have to go, oh, I must respect the book of First Enoch because the Bible does. And of course, you know, in my, in my, uh, writings, I've discovered many places in, in the Bible that they refer to other literature and such. And sometimes they're just quoting it, uh, to critique it. Sometimes they're quoting it favorably. And a lot of times we don't even have the ancient sources. You know, like there are books called the, the book of the kings of Israel, which is not first and second kings. It's a different book. The book of Jasher. Like, right. They, even the Bible Mm -hmm. refers to other books outside the Bible that they're getting their information from. Right. Right. So the question then becomes, does it mean book of Enoch is scripture? No, not necessarily. There are some people who do conclude that, but I don't. I still, I still am committed to no. Only the Bible is scripture, but that doesn't mean only the Bible is true. And if the Bible does draw from books like First of Enoch, then I, even though I don't believe Enoch is scripture, I still should uh, give it pro, uh, uh, an appropriate value of respect and trust beyond dismissing it, which is what most Christians do. Because the Christians who dismiss it, I would argue, are being unbiblical. They are denying what the Bible says. And so uh, that, was the, that was when I started to at least be able to read these other Second Temple literature sources. And I, that's where I sort of drew from a lot of them to fill in the fictional parts of my novel series, Chronicles mm-hmm. of the Nephilim and Chronicles of the Watchers. And I did that because... I, I, you know, I know a lot of it's fictional, and and the, the the point that they were doing is they were trying to 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 sort of retell the Bible stories and and make them relevant to their cu- culture and time in the second century, and that's what I'm doing with my novel. So in a way, I thought, you know, I don't want to be original. I want to sort of draw from a tradition, draw from a, a legacy, you know. And so I drew a lot of the the in between parts that aren't in the Bible. I drew from books like the Book of Enoch, right? And so that's kind of where. Uh, you can you can end up and in in still have the Bible alone is God's word, but that doesn't mean you can't draw or at least discuss these other documents. Which incidentally, the original ancient church did. If you read the church fathers yeah. and such, they you know and they had to decide which ones were scripture and weren't. And some people you know there was a lot of disagreement, but there were a lot of the church fathers actually did read this Second Temple literature and you know. Uh, the, the Apocrypha was, is still in Catholic Bibles, Eastern Orthodox Bibles, uh, because there is a strain and a tradition that at least accords those books respect. Now, I don't think they are, but I have to be humble and acknowledge, but there is a long history that shows that they might very well be. If Jesus and the apostles quoted from the Apocrypha, I'm sorry, if they quoted from the Septuagint, mm-hmm. and the Septuagint had the books of the Apocrypha in there, then I should at least record those, uh, re- regard them with some respect, right? Now, I'm, Jesus does not quote from the Apocrypha, and, and it's a debate, and it's not settled whether or not he's quoting from the Septuagint that had the Apocrypha because there was many different Greek translations. So that's, that's yeah. another debatable issue. But in general, look, if, if, there's a, if there's a respect of this scripture, then I'm going to, I'm going to respect it too, and, and I'm going to draw from it while acknowledging that it's not scripture. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what am I going to do about my finances? You know, times are really changing. They're changing fast. Let me give you a quick example of how in 1920, if you had a $20 bill and one ounce of gold, you could go into any men's clothing store and buy an entire suit. Wow. The, The jacket, the shirt, the belt, shoes, the whole bit. 
Today, that $20 bill, what's it going to get you? Not much. Maybe the socks, maybe a <laughs> handkerchief, but the one ounce of gold could still buy you the entire suit at any men's store in America. That's the difference. That's what inflation does to your dollar. It's a deflating dollar caused by inflation. Now, today, that's happening faster than ever. You need somebody that you trust that can help get you out of a fake currency and into something that's going to keep you safe. And we know a guy that has two PhDs by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. We have known him for over 25 years, and he's someone we completely trust. You need somebody that you can get a hold of, somebody that's going to be there for you to get back out of it, and then maybe back into the stock market, maybe back into something else when things settle down. But right now is not that time. You need somebody that you trust and somebody you can call and make those worries go away. That's exactly right. So you can go to flyovergold.com. Dot com, fill out your information for your free consultation, or you can call 720-605-3900. Do it today. You'll be glad you did. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever. My pillow 2.0. When I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of my pillow. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a MyPillow or not, you need to get the brand new MyPillow 2.0. Call or go to MyPillow.com now. Use your promo code, and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit MyPillow.com. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com. 